Multiply podcast, conversation aimed to stir, equip and provoke. Interviewing thinkers, practitioners and pioneers as we aim to inspire and equip kingdom people to launch kingdom communities. You can find more resources on the Vineyard Churches website, www.vineyardchurches.org.uk. I'm excited to be joined by Putty Putman today. It's a joy to have you and we are talking all things about multiplication today as part of the Multiply podcast. Putty's been spending the day down here in Cardiff, which has been utter joy, um, teaching um, a number of churches to minister in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I really wanted to dive in today, Putty, just looking at the topic of power and multiplication, because it feels like you've obviously been traveling for the last couple of weeks around the UK and I know you travel quite extensively. But what I'm feeling as I'm talking to church leaders is about this hunger for the power of God to break out in our, our environments. That that mm. seems to be what's going on. Mm. And so I guess the question that I wanted to really focus in on today is how do you create a culture of multiplication in our churches? Mm. And yeah, so maybe just start with what are you seeing across the church in the UK? What are you seeing across the church globally? Yeah, yeah, no. Um First of all, thank you for having me here. I'm I'm I've really enjoyed the time both today and the podcast and all all the things. Um, we haven't we haven't done it yet. Well, <laughs> I've got some pretty tough few, questions. Oh oh, uh, we're speaking prophetically that oh, I, I will enjoy the podcast. Um, yeah, no, I my my experience honestly has matched yours mm. in that there are. It just actually feels like a lot of the church as we are beginning to come through what we pray is, you know, some some sense of a receding of the COVID season and all the awkwardness yeah. it's created. Um, I just, like a lot of churches, both in the UK and in the States, it just kind of feels like we're dusting ourselves off and we're like, hey, let's get back to what this was about. Like yes. we spent the last two years doing all kinds of, you know, technology problems and regulation problems and all these challenges. And like, let's get back to the gospel. Let's get back to the kingdom. Let's get back to the, the center of the lane. And so, yeah, for the last couple of weeks here in the UK, I have just seen that every church we've gone to really every church has been hungry. Every conversation with every pastor has been, we want to get back to the kingdom. We want to get back to the power of the spirit. Um, and I'm excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I personally feel uh, as a pastor kind of moving into this next season is, I don't just want to play nice church. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's mm. like, um, let me explain. It's just, th there is the things about gathering people together and there's the funct functions of church that we're all going through. Of how do we regather congregations and how do we get people back? But God, if you don't move, I'm not, I'm not in it. Yeah. And that, that's personally just, just the place that I'm in. And so there's this deep, deep hunger for, for God to break out. So I was just wondering, maybe just... The, the question is, how do how does one begin to create a culture mm. of a multiplication of power? And I don't know whether there's a few kind of key points as we move into this next season. The church is regathered. Mm -hmm. You know, let's fast forward two months. We've got our churches back, whatever they are, whatever they look like. <laughs> right, right. We're at a moment of, of stepping into ministry of the kingdom, mm. kingdom impact, as, as your book talks about. Give us some kind of cues about what would be things that you would say would be really helpful to impart into our absolutely absolutely yeah so <clears throat> i think one of the first things that really matters is 
having a an environment that values empowerment and values risk taking. Um, you know, we we as church leaders, we, we have to balance so many things. You know, it's like we have to balance liberating people and empowering people. But we also don't want to, um, you know, create situations that we anticipate will go negatively. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, and then we have, you know, the issue of when a situation does go negatively, how do we lead through it and so on. The balance of all of those factors is really important. And different people with different personalities will balance yeah. them differently and so on. Um, however, that does get balanced. I think if you want to have a church that moves in power, you have to try to be willing to accept more messes and clean them up rather than prevent the messes on the front side. Yes. Um, yes. That, that, that's just kind of how it goes. And in fact, I think even Jesus, you know, he tells a parable about it where, you know, you get the wheat and the tares and they grow up together and, you know, he's telling his parable about the kingdom. Some of it's from the Lord, some of it's from the enemy. And the servants go, well, should we pull it out? And he goes, no, if you pull it out, you'll kill both. You got to let them both grow. And then you can kind of sort them out later. And, you know, I don't think Jesus is telling that parable to help us understand church culture. <laughs> There's yeah. kind of another another application there. But I do think it is also applicable to church culture where you have to let the good and the bad grow together and then clean it up rather than try and cancel the bad and kind of create an environment that doesn't have a lot of freedom. Um, because the Holy Spirit, like, I don't know, he just he loves freedom. He's strongly committed to it. And once once the freedom dial starts turning down, he's just like, I'm not hanging out the same way. <laughs> so so taking that example of kind of risk taking for pastors, the, the two things growing up together. What does that look like in what do you think that looks like in reality? Right. Right. Well, I think it looks like a, a bunch of things. First of all, making a, a space for people to try things when yeah. it comes to, you know, power ministry making space in the building, making space out of the building, making space in the small groups, just making space. And um, I find for me, actually, what I often do is I push people further into the edge of risk, you know? Okay. So what I'm trying to gauge is like, okay, where is the edge of where they're comfortable? Kind of locate them there and then push them about two steps further. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've got a friend on this trip who I, I brought team members who are sort of in all different locations with this. But, you know, one of my friends who's here is just very, very early in all of this Holy Spirit stuff. And he's kind of yeah. like, you know, how when people catch that, they sort of go on this curve where it's like everything is intense. And wow, I've never seen any of this before. And, you know, he's in that place. And the first night that we're doing ministry, he winds up being up front. And the people he's praying for, not just like he's doing a prayer session, but like he's praying for this person in front of everyone. She starts growling at him and manifesting wow. a demon. And this dude's like not prayed hardly for anybody <laughs> at all before. And I think as church leaders, there can be an impulse in a moment like that to step in and protect. Yeah. Or we can say, you know what? Let's give him a chance to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like the, the Lord put him here. He probably can piece it together. And so some of it is just like making those spaces and allowing those spaces to be what they are. Yeah. Um, I think I think honestly, that's a really big part of it. I think advocating that people can do more than they think they can do. Yeah. Um, I'll, there are many times where I mean, sort of another version of this where I'll be working with someone and I can tell it's difficult. You know, they're trying to learn how to hear God or something. And 
some exercise to try and make it clear. And I can see they're really struggling. And rather than making it okay not to participate, yeah. I'll push them further in. And sometimes they'll get emotional and they're still crying. I say, no, 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 I'm, I'm confident you can do this. And kind of hold them through it. And then often what happens is they they do or say something and it's just like incredible. It's totally God. You know, the other person's like, oh my gosh, you know, it's amazing. Changed my life. And the person sees like, oh, I have fear about this. I have anxiety about this. I have tension, but this, like, I can actually do it, you know? Yes. And you got to be willing to hold that space, not shut it down quickly, hold the tension, sometimes even walk other people through the tension. I think, I think that's important. I think another, another element of risk-taking is, um, and, and these two are sort of related. They don't always necessarily both look like power ministry. But kind of just that idea of like, you know, whatever it is the Lord has put on our heart, just be like, yeah, go do that. Hmm. You know, it's like someone comes with some idea, oh, we should do this outreach. Great. Yeah, go do that. <laughs> you know, like, oh, but we can reach this people. Awesome. Go do that. You know, like kind of this idea of like you, you have everything. You've already been given everything. We've been commissioned. We've been empowered. And there's something that's kind of reciprocal about all that. Like if people have the freedom to do the ministries that God's calling them to do, they'll also have the freedom to do the ministry work in the moment. Yeah. Um, and so kind of that just real empowering, releasing um, thing. But then the other side of that is we also have to help people realize when things aren't working and when like, <laughs> you know, hey, that that prophetic word. Did you notice how like when you said that the person kind of scowled, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, maybe let's review that. You know, yeah. could could we could we think about maybe why it was they scowled when you yeah. said that that way? Um, you well, know, it's, it's interesting to to have a culture of risk that yet feels safe, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And they almost feel feel like oxymorons, don't they? <laughs> you know, when yeah. you're like, oh, we really want to push into something, but yet yet at the same time, we've got to lead the people on the journey. Right, right, exactly, exactly. So for me, what I have always loved is high opportunity and high feedback, and okay. I think that's what yes. you need. Is you need both sides. Sometimes the it's the feedback that really protects the opportunity and allows it to become good things. Yeah. And so if we don't do both, you know, then one or the other isn't really safe or valuable without the other. And so for me, like I am always pushing people to do more, but then I'm also always cultivating feedback loops. And so when I'm teaching people how to prophesy or pray for the sake or whatever, it's always like, okay, prophesy, whatever. And then I'll like force the feedback loop immediately. Okay, great. That was great. Can you tell the person what of that really felt like God? And was there any of that that didn't feel so good? Yes. Like force that clarity, you know, or we prayed for you for whatever healing for your ankle. Can you tell us what percentage you feel better? Do you feel 10% better? Do you feel 50% better? Do you feel 75%? Forcing things into those feedback loops is what really allows things to work. And it's just kind of the same thing with the ministry thing, right? You need some sort of feedback loop where you're like, I know you're really excited about this ministry, but you've been doing it for six months. You spent a lot of time and energy and there just really isn't much fruit, you know? So how so, would we pivot? So we've just spent the day with Putty and Putty, you've been doing a clinic this afternoon. Mm. You know, one of the things where you get up, you bring six people up the front and then we watch the Holy Spirit begin to impact people move and you kind of talk it through in a very non you know this is what what are we seeing what's god doing right that takes quite a lot of courage to do that <laughs> <laughs> i'm just you know when you sure. when you see it um at, to, to that weight that you're like god's got it. and i suppose that's what you're uh -huh. talking about when you're talking about this risk-taking uh -huh. moment uh-huh yeah. you know it's a bit like 
God, if you don't turn up, I'm going to look like an absolute wallet. Yep, yep. That's a real moment. Like, how have you done it so much that it just feels second nature? Do you ever go in being like, oh, <laughs> like, like what, what? Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm really not feeling like yeah. it today. Oh, yeah. I've got a blinding headache. And, oh, look, God, you're just going to have to. No, I don't know. What? Yeah, no, that's a wonderful question. And and I get this question a lot. Um, what I will usually say is this. Most people would be surprised by how uncomfortable I feel inside. Yes, yes, that's uh, what I, I mean. You look very casual. Like, oh, you know, just kind of leaning against a post, and that's God over there. You know, inside, you're like, boom, 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 boom. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and what I've what I have what my journey has been has not been that the terrifying feels less terrifying. There's probably some of that. Mm. I shouldn't say there's none of it. I don't feel like that's the majority of the journey. What's been the majority of the journey is I've just learned to be more comfortable in that vulnerable place. Yes. And and really that like, you know, if I don't put my like, honestly, that's kind of my part of the ministry time. I put myself in the place where I need the comforter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because the comforter is the one I'm asking to come into the room, you know. Um, and so I've just kind of gotten more comfortable in the vulnerable place and holding it open that that that's actually one of the things that's so important when we begin this prayer ministry stuff and we begin to feel that awkwardness like hold it open don't close it quickly don't try and move on i, I tell people real early when we're praying you know sometimes you'll say well, how long should i wait after i say come holy spirit before i start praying and i say wait until it's awkward <laughs> You know, as an extrovert, that's very difficult. <laughs> it's hard. Come, Holy Spirit. Now that we've waited for at least two seconds, uh -huh. I really feel like I need to fill in the silence. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. It can be really, really hard. It can be really hard. I'll tell you. I'll tell you a story. This happened um, just a, a few uh, months ago. I'm uh, kind of in a life transition right now, and I'm helping a church in an interim role. And it's a church in a very wealthy part of Chicago. The average home price in this part of Chicago is over a million dollars. Very wealthy. And it's not a large church, and it's a church that's kind of new to the things of the kingdom. So whenever I'm doing anything kingdom, they're all kind of trying to figure out what they think and all that. <laughs> you know, It's an interesting experience. And I think it was right about um, maybe the end of November this last year. As our service is wrapping up, I sense the Lord saying that there's somebody in the room who's got financial problems and has been telling themselves lately, I don't think we can afford to do Christmas. So I walk up in front of the room. It's not an overly large or full room. And I just have, I'm like, I don't want to say this. I don't want to say this. Like million dollar home prices. These people, like they never even thought that that could be a problem for someone, you know, but I, it's like, I just can't shake it. And, um, and so eventually I go up there and I said, Hey, you know, um, this is a sense I have so many financial problems kind of lay, lay the word out. You know, is there anybody in the room that that applies to? I know it's a vulnerable place, but mm. is there anybody here? And I say this and I'm looking at a group of people who are just looking back at me with just this, like, <laughs> disdain i don't know i mean it wasn't disdain they're good people you know they're not but but just kind of this look that like is it possible for someone to not have enough money to do christmas like yeah. is that that that's never really computed for me mm. and um and so i look at them and i'm like scanning the room nobody 
I kind of turn around and look at the uh, the worship team kind of behind me. Nobody. I turn back. I'm like, is there is there anybody? I kind of thought that was God. And I'm sitting there holding the moment, yeah. and I'm like, internally, I'm dying yeah. inside. I'm like, this is the absolute worst. I absolutely hate this. I'm like, anybody? I scan the room again. I turn back over my shoulder again. <laughs> and eventually, <laughs> this guy Anyone? raises his hand on the worship team, and he says, that's me. Mm. And he comes down. And I had I, what I had done is I had actually preached on giving and how when we are giving according to the spirit, we actually join our resource flow with the resource flow of heaven mm. and how that pays forward and often bounces backwards to mm. us as well. And so I, I pulled him up in front of the church and I said, this is where God's giving to right now. And if you want to give where God's giving, come up and give him money mm. right now. And for about, you know, five seconds, everyone's like, did he really just say that? Yeah, yeah. And then it kind of the room breaks and people get up and they, I mean, they just start shoving cash and checks mm. in this guy's hands. And he starts sobbing and he's bawling and everybody else starts crying mm. and he's got this wad of money wow. and all of this stuff. And, um, and it just becomes a beautiful kingdom yeah. moment. And, you know, he's kind of undone. So he kind of talks to the church a little bit. And it's this kind of cool moment. And the service dismisses. And then I have people coming up to me and saying, you know, it was weird. I don't ever bring cash to church. But this morning I thought, I need to bring some cash to church. And so they brought, they brought some cash. And then I, there was another couple that like three times in the next week, the Lord told them to give money to someone. So they gave money forward. And then... That actually then resulted in one of them getting a promotion. And so then they were able to buy a house. And, you know, the ripple effects of it forward were, like, so cool. But that moment of trying to hold the space open for that word until someone was brave enough to respond, which, if you think about it, like, if I'm in a room with people yeah. who I know are millionaires, yeah, how painful is it for me to admit, like, yeah, actually, yeah. I don't think I have the money for Christmas. So it's hard for him. But what I can do is I can hold that awkward space long enough that he can choose to respond and then something kingdom can happen. So it, yeah, it, it still hurts. It's still awkward. It's still painful, but I've just kind of gotten okay with it. Yes. Push it, uh, pushing into risk-taking, isn't it? Mm. At the heart of it as, as things reemerge again, it's not risk-taking for the sake of risk-taking. It's risk-taking because Jesus is asking us to, That's right. but then it's being surrendered enough to be in the place to ask Jesus. Cause I think after a while, whether we lead a ministry or whatever we with small group, whatever we're leading, sometimes we get into the point that it's, it's mine, <laughs> you know, it's, it's mm. mine to lead. And it's like, Oh no, I'm partnering with the father. So good to do this. You know, I was, I, I'm aware just in our own context, it feels like Holy spirit temperatures definitely ratcheting up recently. Mm. Mm. And on Sunday, we, we had this moment during worship, which, you know, worship was incredibly powerful. And this lady just starts screaming, mm. you, you know, not not one of those nice screams, but like, kind of a bro <laughs> and I was like, I'm, I'm kind of looking forwards. <laughs> and then you're also aware that people have brought people as well. You, mm. you know, in that, in that moment where the screaming's going on and yet... <laughs> Somebody that I know has brought four of their flatmates for the first time to uh, church. Uh, and, uh, you know, all of these things. And, you know, as standing in that space. And then what was amazing, you know, but was actually the lady came up and gave the word of what the Lord was doing in her in that moment. Mm, and wow. she came and shared at the end. And she was like, the, the Lord, you might have heard me screaming. It was the Lord birthing something for wow. intercession. Cool. She's a midwife. and But I, I guess... 
again, pushing into risk taking, I think there's so many different environments, aren't there? As a church leader, mm-hmm. it might be kind of on a Sunday. You know, there's that moment where, OK, right. we're going to ask for healing. We're going to. Right, we're going to give the word, wait for the person, wait for the person, wait right. for the person. <laughs> but then I suppose that goes into all different sorts of environments, isn't it? You, you know, whether it's the stuff on the streets, whether it's the yep. people that we meet. Yep. I guess there's just risk taking across yep. so yeah. many different. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I think a lot of it for me is um, the kingdom sort of recasts our expectation of our experience of faith to be one in which adventure. Mm is the norm of walking with Jesus. Yes. And unfortunately, I just like somehow that is not what most of most people think. They don't yeah. expect adventure to come from their faith. Yeah. You know, it's like I don't know, maybe a sense of being good or being right or, or you know, success in life or something. People expect all kinds of different things, but adventure is usually not what people expect. And I think I think painting a picture of that and cultivating that yeah. I think, you know, a lot of it's in the stories you tell, mm. you know, do you, and, and what you celebrate. Do you celebrate going for it or do you celebrate it working? You know, if you celebrate it working, I, I, you I might celebrate it. Working. You might be cultivating. <laughs> you might be cultivating a, a performance yeah. culture, yeah. you know, um, not not. And of course, we do want to tell stories of it working. But if we're celebrating going for it more than celebrating working, then that's when we create that safe place where it's like it's safe to take a risk, it's safe to try. And, you know, the feedback helps us know if we're actually tuned in with God well or not. Um, so I think I think a lot of it is in those those values that we do. But, yeah, we have to take it everywhere. We have to we have to say, like, adventure means, you know, making space when you're chatting with that coworker in the cafe, you know, yes. and they say, oh, man, I'm just uh, stuff has been so hard at work lately. And you say, tell me more about that. <laughs> yes. You know, one thing leads to another. And then you're just like, hey, you know, I know this is I know this is a little weird. You know, it's a little out of the box, but I would just love to pray for that right now. Would you yes. be OK with that? You know, it, yeah. Adventure, man. Like, yeah, it's just interesting, isn't it? Recapturing that as a thought, you know, for instance, um actually i had quite a profound experience when i was being prayed for earlier it was just of um like a torch that was lighting other torches and you know it's just like really profound it will stay with me you know sometimes Mm. you have pictures that you know will just stay with you for a season and you know even in that moment i was recaptured by the adventure you Mm. know which is what you say but i think when it's been a hard season when it's Mm -hmm. felt like a slog when yeah you go into the corporate environment and you've got masks on and you're distanced and you, you mm-hmm. don't feel, you know, suddenly you're just working hard that actually right. the, these two things, particularly kind of risk tatering and pressing into the adventure. Yeah. It is an incredibly powerful. Could we just stop and pray in the middle of the podcast? Because My friend, I, feel, <laughs> I feel like the Lord wants to recapture that word for people mm. like today. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. the adventure that God's got us on rather than the, the slog or the, and I just <laughs> yeah. maybe just pray that the Lord yeah. lifts that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you, can you just pray for that? Let's do that. Um, you know, if you're driving, please keep your eyes open uh, outside that. You know, you might take a moment just to pause with the Lord, but, you know, whatever works in your context. Um, Spirit of God, we just welcome you and we ask that you would come and you would dust us off, that you would dust off the weariness, you would dust off the fatigue. You would dust off the expectation of things being dry and hard and challenging and uphill battle. 
Um, and Lord, would you begin to ignite again just the passionate joy and thrilling adventure of our faith. I just release that, that faith is meant to be an incredible adventure where God makes your story part of his cosmic kingdom story, the most thrilling story that will ever be told. Um, and I just bless and release that, the, the joy of risk taking, the joy of trying a new thing, the joy of discovering God afresh again. And I, and I bless not just the, uh, the sense of adventure, but also just the vibrancy that each and every person hearing this would be um, thrilled with their own relationship with God. Um, I just, right now, I break the power of the survival mentality. Yeah. I say, yeah. we do not need to try to survive anymore. Yeah. It's now time to just um, to just gather in the presence of the Lord to reset ourselves and to expect thriving again. Yes. It's like the moment of crossing the Jordan River. There's been a period of circling in the wilderness and we're just like running laps and we're, we're doing activity, but we're not going anywhere. But when you cross the Jordan River, we have to change our expectations. It's not about survival anymore. Now it's about taking the land. It's about building roots and it's about thriving. And I just release that over each and every church and each and every church leader right now in Jesus name. Survival is done. Yes. Step into the time of the promises. Look forward. Great things are ahead of you. Great, uh, great land of milk and honey and, and, and wonderful fruit. Rise up, look to the horizon, and reclaim the adventure in the name of Jesus. Hmm. Thank you, Putty. Um, just as you were praying, I just had a couple of words that I'd love you to speak into. I just felt like the Lord gave me the word mindset and the Lord gave mm. me the word authority. I felt like there was something mm. just to speak into the mindset shift. Do you know what mm. I mean? I feel like there's a mindset shift that needs to happen. And then the second word was growing in the authority of the kings of, of, of obviously which risk-taking is part of that <laughs> but i'm sure there's more to it than sure. just that right Could you speak absolutely into those things? yeah absolutely um on on those are we talking more about the shift out of covid are we talking about power ministry are we talking about both <laughs> um, i'd really like you to speak about both <laughs> can i be greedy because sure. uh, because i think there's Let's a mindset it, shift that covid has the internal, the shutting down. That's right. So, I mean, the picture that I would give that I preached on on Sunday was it feels like people have been forced to look down. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And that they've been looking down and the, and the Lord's just like, lift up your eyes. That's like right. that. It's just like, lift it, lift them up. This is yep. that moment. So yep. something around that yeah, mindset. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, when, um, you remember right at the beginning of the pandemic and we were all like, it's only going to be two months and, you know, all those things. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we all wrapped our head around that wasn't what was going to happen. And so then we're all doing like Facebook lives with our churches, <laughs> trying to help them process. And we have no idea what we're doing. Right. During one of those, someone asked me a really good question and they said, Putty, how would I know if I really succeeded at what the Lord is doing in me in this season? And I thought, man, that is a great question. And I had to sit with that. I, I like, I was kind of floored by the question in the moment. But what I eventually landed at was this, that it's really easy to, yeah, just slip into survival in the season. Like, cause it's hard, it's exhausting, it's grueling, confusing. And it's easy to do that. Like I, 
yeah, I wrestle often with like, it's like, what's going to come next? You know, it's like that meant like, what's going to come next? You know, it's like now there's Ukraine stuff going on. What's going to come next? You know, but as I wrestled with it, the conclusion I came to was this is probably a once in a lifetime upper uh, once in a lifetime circumstance that we're going to walk through. We're probably not going to have another global pandemic in our lifetime. At least, you know, if you look over the history books, they're about once a century, probably not going to experience this again. If we have a once-in-a-lifetime circumstance, then I think that means we have a once-in-a-lifetime time when we can walk with God now in a way we'll never walk with God again. And I think that means there are once-in-a-lifetime things on the table that we can receive from the Lord, once-in-a-lifetime upgrades that we can get, which we'll never have an opportunity to again. And if we get them now, we keep them for the rest of our lives and probably into eternity somehow in a way I don't understand. Um, And so for me, I realized I was like, the way I know I succeeded is that I get everything that I can get on the table right now. And yes, I would love to see a lot of external progress. Maybe I'll see some, maybe I won't. But if I get my once in a lifetime chance to grab those kingdom things and run forward with them, that's what I'm going to call success to be. And as we're in this time where it's like, feels like COVID is still kind of winding down, but there's still a lot of truth in that season. And so the first thing I would say is we don't have to look at this season as an oper- as like wasted time. You yeah. know, yeah. we don't have to look at this as a time where it's like, well, I can't do the normal things and whatever. This is our best chance for kingdom resistance training that we'll ever have. And resistance training builds muscle. So first of all, look at this as our kingdom muscle building opportunity. Whatever strength we get now, we keep forever. Um, and so the first thing I would say is let's make that mind shift. Don't don't think about survival. Survival's the bare minimum. It never moves you forward. You know, my my goal for my marriage is to do the bare minimum and not get divorced. Like I'm not going to have a good yeah, marriage, yeah, you know. So my goal, and I think all of our goal, can be to grab everything we can off the table. Now, once that happens, and as we begin to look forward then, I think the next mindset shift is that we can actually expect to move forward with strength and with favor rather than weariness and needing a a vacation. You know, man, one of the things that's tough right now is like, hey, all of us in pastoral ministry could use a good long sabbatical, couldn't we? <laughs> we could all use a six-month sabbatical at this point. You know how many pastors are going to get a six-month sabbatical right now? Very, very few, right? Because if nothing else, man, people are leaving ministry. We have more holes than ever. And and now we all got to like figure out what the next season for our church is and how to lean into that. So we're not going to probably get a nice long vacation here, um, which... I'm sorry if I just burst anyone's bubble. There are some very, very miserable people. I know it. I am sorry. And hey, I pray that I was wrong in your case. Okay, I do. I bless you for the Lord to give you you that rest. Um, But what can happen is the wilderness can frame for us a I'm barely hanging in there. Mm -hmm. And so when we exit the wilderness... We can ex- we can like sort of say like okay now I can't move forward anymore I need to stop and and that's actually like that's actually the challenge is like 
that doesn't have to be what it is. Hmm. Like the people of Israel spend 40 years in the wilderness and they're not barely hanging on. They're actually growing and thriving hmm. as a people. They, the scholars from what I understand believe there are about a million of them going in and there are about 5 million of them coming out. So like they're wandering through the most inhospitable terrain there's no natural sources of food. You know, the temperature is too hot in the day. It's too cold at night. Like, everything about this doesn't work. But yet the people of God are flourishing, and they're flourishing because they're led by his presence. Mm. And so I think, you know, with the sort of winding down of COVID and all of those things, and as we look forward, stay close to his presence because his presence is what makes the inhospitable environment hospitable. Love that. You get far from his presence and there's not manna in the morning. Yeah. You get far from his presence and the cloud, which is what keeps the heat off in the day for your camp of millions of people, yeah. the cloud by day and the fire by night, which is what helps keep a freezing desert warm for millions of people. Like you wander away from that and all of a sudden the desert is a life and death deal. And you mm. do have to be like survival mode and conserve resources and mm. whatever. But if you're with the presence in the wilderness, you have everything you need to flourish. You have all the food you need. You have environment. I mean, you've got the, you know, ancient version of Aircon, <laughs> you know, like you have the stuff that makes the inhospitable environment hospitable because it's his presence yeah. that does that. And so I would say as we're ending the season Zero in on his presence. And if you have his presence, then you'll have what you need that when the wilderness season is done, you can go straight to Jericho and take it. Yes. You don't need the break. You don't need the vacation. You can you can head right in and be energized and be full and be ready to go and, and follow God into the land of the promises. Because that's the thing that's actually ahead of us. Yeah. After the wilderness comes the promises. And if we're looking for survival, we're going to camp and then we'll miss the opportunity to step into some of those things it's God too has low ahead goal, for us. Isn't it? It's you know, too it's low like, a goal. It's like, we just got to survive, just got to survive. It's like, yeah, then you can't be ready. That's right. That's for what right. the Lord wants to pour out. And I, That's right. That's right. The Lord is bigger than COVID. Yeah, yeah. And we've received the kingdom that cannot be shaken. We're all experiencing the world's being shaken right now. Yeah. But that's there to get us to drill into the kingdom in a bigger way. Yeah. And to actually increase us so that like we know God's bigger than COVID. But God wants to make us bigger than COVID. Yeah. And then, yeah, we can move forward. Boom. Start taking the promises. Yeah. And then the nations need to come and see him, don't they? Do you know what I mean? Bless Ultimately, the Lord, that, that, they do. That the church would be ready. <laughs> that's right. You know, that's that's the prayer, isn't it? That's right. From, not, and, not on its knees, like creaking. <laughs> no, but, but do you know what right. I mean? It's like there's right. almost the two narratives, isn't it? And sometimes I think that's why this mindset that we're talking about is so helpful. It's... it's um, we can go into lowest lowest common denominator thinking. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's to get to that place, but that's actually right. being like, what is it that's going to inject not just the faith, but you know, the promises, the adventure, some of these yeah. things for this for this next moment that the Lord's calling us into, Absolutely. rather than almost having lack. It's that's like, right. what is what is the you know, if you take the manner analogy, what is the mm. what's the abundance? What's the mm. What does he want to feed us on Absolutely. for this next bit? And what have we learnt from here to take into here? Absolutely. And I think churches have learnt so much. You know, personally, I've learnt so much about me, about my late, <laughs> <laughs> what I'm not good. Uh, no, but do you know what I mean? It's like we've learnt so yeah. much about ourselves mm. and what a gift worship is, mm. what a gift corporate prayer is. You That's know, right. some of these things, I don't know, you know, even in this moment with Ukraine, um, 
I'm personally, you know, waking up in the night, you know, mm. disturbed underlyingly. It's like, oh, yeah. this is massive for our world. It is. And I feel like the Lord, you know, teaches to pray, as it says in, you know, Luke mm. 11. It's like there's a moment of teaching us to pray. So there's something around rediscovering worship. There's something around actually the people of God called together to pray together and invite his presence. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's new things for us to learn. There is. There is. And to me, I find myself wondering how powerful a witness it would be to the world if the church was the people that came out of COVID not surviving but thriving. Yeah. Because the whole rest of the world has been brought to its knees. Yeah, you're right. You know, and and if we're like, yeah, we're good. Yeah. Like, no, like genuinely, we're, we're flourishing. Yeah. <laughs> then, I mean, like the world looks at us and goes, well, what do you have that we don't have? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're prepared with a wonderful answer to that question, aren't we? <laughs> Let me introduce uh, you to on, him. Let, let me just get a postcard out. Um, <laughs> step one. That's uh, right. That's right. <laughs> His name is Jesus. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, mindset. And you had mentioned mindset and you had mentioned authority. Yeah, that was the second right? thing as well. Yeah, and, and I mean, these are really dovetailed, right? Because our mindset is what allows us to either step into the authority or not. Yeah. If I see myself as barely surviving, that is not going to be a position of authority. Yeah. It's not. I've got nothing to speak to the world with um, because I've already I've already lost the ability to do that. You know, I'm um, one of the ways that's interesting to process that whole uh, story where, you know, the disciples are panicking in the storm. Jesus wakes up and, you know, speaks the storm and calms the storm. You know, um, he had, and then he rebukes them, actually, if I recall correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, guys, like, you should be able to, you got to be able to take care of that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> um, I thought you were further along by now. Uh, it, 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 you ever think he about was, how hard I, it would have been? To, to be one of the disciples, I was just thinking, <laughs> Man. That. I was like, guys, can't you even get this demon out? Uh -huh, you know, uh -huh. know, this storm or whatever it yeah, is. Like, yeah. wow, he was... Good teacher. A hardcore like, teacher. He wasn't, he wasn't a gentle teacher yeah, all the yeah. time. He was hardcore. He was hardcore. Oh, gosh, you kidding me? You can't, like, seriously, not even an epileptic boy. You can't just, I mean, come on, what are you doing? Um, no, but he rebukes the disciples, right? Because he apparently expected them to be able to calm the storm, which is pretty remarkable. But, you know, I, I think what's interesting is, like, you can process that little story and you can say this. Well, you know, perhaps it was... Because Jesus was the only one that the storm hadn't come on the inside of. The disciples weren't just in the storm. They had become the yeah. storm. And yeah. so they wake up, as we know, literally accusing Jesus. <laughs> Don't you even care? We're dying here. Yeah. They're actually manifesting the storm that's on the outside on the inside. Yeah. And so the world is working from the outside in. It's trying to bring the chaos in the world around us into chaos inside of us. But the kingdom works the other way around. The kingdom cultivates peace inside of us and brings the peace inside of us out through us to the world around us. And so Jesus is asleep. Everybody else is panicking. Jesus is sleeping. Why? Because he's the only one at peace in the storm. Yeah. And so the peace that he carries inside the storm is the peace he releases. Peace be still. He's just saying, be like me. Yeah. And in, in, in essence, that's that kind of imaging idea. Like I'm imaging to the world. Like I'm at peace so the world can be at peace. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, I, that's why I think these mindset and this authority thing is so so intertwined. I can only be in authority to the extent that the world inside of me is aligned with the kingdom. And the world inside of me is only going to be aligned in the kingdom to the extent that I'm like thinking the thoughts yeah, of, <laughs> of, of the, the king. king. Of the king yeah, yeah, that I'm processing. And that's why I think the kingdom 
the kingdom call always begins with repent and believe like like repent like like the way you're seeing this the way you're processing it the way you're understanding it like realize that's got to change yeah. <laughs> and then do it like like turn away from that and yeah. turn towards this and embrace it you know and so i think i think for so us we, just to come jump in on that so mindset shift sorry i'm, I'm not trying to put something on you but do it begins with repentance like do you know what I mean? like that, oh yeah in, in that moment it's like bang you know so for for some of us you know it's like a this is just a repentance moment of look my thinking is not aligned with your thinking right Right. And actually, that's not the kingdom mindset. Yeah. No, yeah, not always. Absolutely. But, but, absolutely. But a big part of it. Yeah. yeah. Just... No, I mean, and, and to me, then that even continues forward into, you know, Jesus is so challenging for me. Mm. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny. Sometimes we talk about how loving he is, which he, of course, is infinite. I mean, he is love, mm. right? Um, so he's incredibly loving. He's incredibly kind. He's incredibly gentle. But he's also infinitely challenging. Yeah. And, you know, I think a question that we need to wrestle with and ask ourselves is a question like this. Like, would Jesus be thriving right now? That is a great question. That's enough to chew on, isn't it? You know, and you're like, right? and the homework for this podcast is... Yeah, but <laughs> right? that's a brilliant question. Yeah, because like, I don't know. The closest example I can think of is Jesus gets driven out into the wilderness by the Spirit, personally tempted by Satan, fasts the whole time. And he comes back in the power of the spirit. <laughs> yes. I love that bit where it says, and Jesus came back in the power. Yeah, it right. Beautiful, isn't it? Right. So he goes through the wilderness and personally tempted by Satan with no food and comes back more powerful. Yeah. So, hmm, maybe, maybe I need, maybe there's something in the way Jesus would do it, which would not be the way I'd do it. Yeah. Uh, maybe there's something in the way Jesus would have been resourced by God. Or just even understood, located God in this in a way that's different. Um, you know, I think if we're believers, or maybe move it this way, if we want to call ourselves followers of Jesus, then I think it doesn't just mean we have to acknowledge his teaching is true, though that we certainly need to do that. It means we need to believe who he believed God was. Yeah. That like when he says this is who God is, that that's who I believe God is. Um, it means that, you know, I need to, I need to carry his message as my message, his ministry as my ministry. Like if I'm not doing those things, I'm not actually following Jesus. I'm just acknowledging Jesus. Yeah. Um, so I think then like if Jesus would be thriving right now, and if I'm following in his way, then I should probably be thriving. And wherever I'm not, I probably need to repent and believe. Yeah. It's challenging. Yeah, it's really challenging, isn't it? That's me thinking. That's my thinking face. You can't see it, but I'm actually having like a, just imagine a really deep thinking face. That's what's going now, on in me. No, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying I'm thriving all the time. No, because I, right? sorry, that the I'm pastor, a human being. The pastoral, <laughs> you know, questions that come out. Do you know what I mean? It's like, right, you, right, you, right, you, right. Know, you know, but the reality is it's been really hard. Buddy. It has I just, been. Like, right. like, it's really hard. Yeah. You, you, do you know what I mean? Like there's the, the pastoral side, which is on the one hand, it's, is it's all right to not be thriving, but then we want to be thriving. Like there's there's kind yeah, of these tension the between fan. these. Anybody would think it's about the kingdom. Yeah, something like that, right? So no, they probably see that. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. yeah. But yeah. that challenge. But I love that mm. Jesus would have been thriving, you, you know, in this, and therefore 
if the resources of heaven are in us and at our disposal, what is it to lean? Because I, I think the danger is, I guess, we go into that striving moment of, I just need to be all right. I just need to be yeah. all right. I should be thriving. Right. We almost get hard on ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm not thriving. I should be thriving. Come on, try harder, Rankin. You, you know, yeah. but in that moment, it's like, no, 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 be more dependent, James. Yep, that's you, it. You almost have to flip it on its head and go, no, more dependence. Yep, <sighs> yep more independence and i would add to that too there's also a degree in which our our image of god grows bigger mm. not 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 that god is actually bigger but that my perception of him gets bigger yes. you know this is the challenge of being a human being it's like i can say god's infinite but i can't really wrap my head around that in any way so all i do is i picture that god's as big as the biggest thing i've experienced yeah. which is mostly okay until you run into 2020, yeah. which is bigger than anything you've ever experienced. And then inside, there's some part of me, not even actually out of lack of faith, just based on my finite reality, where I, at this point, have a God who's, I don't know, five feet tall. Yes. And I'm looking at a problem that's six feet tall. And my image of God has to grow to be bigger than that problem. And so, so uh, and so that's, I think, even some of the repentant belief is like, God, like I teach me to actually see that you're bigger than this thing, because that's the biggest thing I've looked at so far. Yes, that that's really and that's really helpful because suddenly it's like actually the repentance is God, I've taken you off the throne. Yeah, I've, I've made you me sized. Right, right. <laughs> I brought you down to being like me. Right. It's like you are nothing like me. You still reign. You're still yeah. in charge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the part of us that's like concrete and experiential has to have the opportunity to grow into that. Yes. And I don't even think that means anything is wrong. It no. just means it isn't what anything, it doesn't match any of our experience yet. Yeah. Um. But you're exactly right. Our effort's not the solution for that. It's our yeah. dependence and it's our letting God be bigger and bigger and bigger in our lives and in our minds and in our hearts. That's what gets us there. It's not, it's not all work harder and be okay. Absolutely. It's, uh, rest harder. Yeah, rest and believe harder. He's more bigger. rest. More rest. More <laughs> rest. Yeah. Um, Putty, that has been ridiculously helpful on many levels. Uh, you know, we've talked about so many different things from kind of risk taking to adventure, to pushing to mindset to authority. And, our hope just in doing this podcast is that as we move into this next season of, of multiplication across many different areas, but actually this this is more how do we multiply in, in the power of the kingdom coming and seeing, uh, yeah, God's kingdom manifest in all of the things that we do. And so thank you for taking the time to be with us. Just wanted to mention we've got the summit, the Multiply Summit coming up. That's the 23rd to the 25th of June. And that's there will be different streams there. There's a discerners and explorers stream. There will be uh, the church plants who've gone out recently. And there will also be a senior pastor stream. And that's something where we continue in this conversation of what does it look like to continue to multiply as a movement in all the beauty that God calls us. You know, there's so many different forms to that. But we we want to see his kingdom grow into all areas and all spaces. And so come and join us for that. Thanks for taking the time to be with us today. I want to finish with the word. Amen. 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 <laughs>